0: Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. When we place value on being grateful, it, it begins to change our heart, it begins to change how we perceive uh, normal day occurrences. Uh, I'm telling you, our world is very critical, and we have to make the choice to be grateful people. We have to make that choice, and I want to encourage you, if you've missed one of our um, sermons on this topic, go back, get our podcast, and, and look that up, because I promise you, no matter where you're at in life, this is going to encourage you, real quick. We on our first uh, sermon, ser- on our first sermon in this series, we had these little thank you cards, and one was dropped off by the church. And I want to just read it to you, real quick, because a lot of times we run through s- series and we're just on to the next one. And I like a little feedback every now and then uh, on what you're thinking. And um, I- I've had a lot as we gone uh, have gone through different series. Ooh, That you were talking just to me. Did my wife call you? You know, uh, we've had a lot of that, but this one just kind of caught me, and I wanted to read it. It said this, so thankful thankful that the house was planted. I'm so thankful for our life groups that build community, which are so life-giving. I can't wait to see them start up again. I'm so thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for the love of Christ that forgives and offers me freedom. I'm loving this series. And so I just thought that, you know what, that... I, I want to I I communicate something that actually affects people. You know, I love talking for a living. I was the kid that was constantly in trouble because of talking. And so now I have kind of flipped the script. And for all the people that said I talk too much, now I'm like, yes, I get to do it all the time. But I want to jump in and continue this thought of being grateful, being thankful. There, look, look at two scriptures. These are two quotes from the Bible that I want you to look at. John thirteen thirty four through 35. And it says this. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love another one another. And by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I, I want to just... Talk about that. I don't know. I study communication, so it, it's interesting to me when someone repeats what they just said and, and goes a little deeper. It's like when, a lot of times with my kids, I say something, but I realize that because I said it doesn't mean that they heard it. and I have to go deeper because I have to make sure that I'm connecting where we're at and what I'm talking about to where they're at and what they're thinking. And so I have to say it again. Yeah. Here's what is happening. Jesus is saying a new commandment I give you. I would think that they've been living right now on the Ten Commandments. They've been living off these commandments, and Jesus begins to say, "I got a new commandment for you." And I would think that everybody would be like, oh. like so much theology and, and 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 turmoil and fight because you can't change Moses. They didn't even really know who Jesus was at this time. You can't. You can't. You can't. Can you? Can you do that? Can you just add another commandment? Who are you? What are you talking about? Ah. I give to you that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. That's a, he repeats that. Hey, I got a new command, love one another. Oh, and you, love somebody. <laughs> it's like, this is hard to do, so I'm going to say it again, because I think that when I said it the first time, you thought you did it, but just so that I know that you know that you don't, I'm going to say it one more time, love somebody. Some of you are like, what did you just talk about? <laughs> that you will know you're my disciples if you represent love because my Father is love. Romans 12, 9-11 says this, Let love be without hypocrisy. Adhor what is evil. Cling to what is good be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another not lagging in diligence fervent in spirit serving the lord it's almost as if if i love you well and i serve you well it's as if i'm serving the lord if We have a church that can love well, be fervent, be diligent. Then here's what will happen. It's as if we're blessing the Lord by preferring somebody else. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so how how have you done this last week ministering to the Lord? Well, I, I, I prayed. Okay, but right now that's not what we're talking about. Well, I read my Bible. I would listen to the shout to the Lord 17 times. That was great. Okay, but, but that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is how well did you love somebody else and in turn you loved the Lord. This morning I want to talk about the opportunities that we've been given. Can I tell you that grateful people are more inclined to help people? I want to throw out a question to you. What is the most important part of life? I'm sure that if we were to open up this dialogue, we'd all get different answers. But I believe it's how we love. Because God is love, and love is the most important aspect of life. And if we deny love to people that we're surrounded with, we're denying them God. Our love is the way we affect people. And many times our love is held back by our busyness, by our brokenness, and by the lies that haunt us. I see it all the time from people. I'm too busy to help. I'm too hurt to help. I'm too messed up to help. And here's what happens is there's countless people that need to be loved in your community at your job in your workplace around your block with your neighbors there's all of this opportunity but here's it's almost like in this day and time we would never say this but it's almost as if it is the church not global And we have this idea of collectivism in the church. And can I tell you, if we're not careful, because you attend, you almost think you're doing it. But it's an individual mandate on each person, and the church benefits collectively. But we don't collectively serve God. We do individually and collectively, as a church, we, we benefit. Yeah. But we don't collectively, because I go to that church five times a year. Boy, we're really doing some great things in the community. I love you. But some of us are. Does it make sense? Come on. Oh, it got real quiet. I'm just talking about something funny, something funny. Listen, I'm just saying if we're not careful... We'll get into this collective mindset when anytime it's everybody's job to take out the trash, come on, what happens to the trash? Come on. When it's everybody's job to greet the visitor, nobody greets the. When it's everybody's job to go and do evangelism, there is no personal responsibility on my life to do any type of. You hear what I'm saying? And we've got to make sure that we do this. And I'm talking about. I'm not trying to. I don't have anybody on this list that I am personally talking to. (laughs) We're just talking. We're just talking. Again and again in Scripture, God pours out His love while we were yet sinners. He loves us, and He and one of the ways that He shows His love to us is by surrounding us with other people. I can tell you with all confidence, I am here today because I was loved. I was loved. I was loved enough to be told the truth. I was loved enough to be given some time. I was loved enough to be blessed by somebody else. I was loved enough to be told no. I was loved enough to let my sin have its way in my life so that it can end a season of self-inflicted pain. I was loved enough to give, be given another chance. I was loved enough to fail in leadership. And I've been loved enough to be followed. I've been loved. And I believe that you're here today because somebody at some point in time in your life loved you. Loved you. My assignment today is do for others. Do for others. The greatest way that you can minister to Christ is is not by being on your face, but going out and loving someone right where they're at with their stanky breath, you know, difficult disposition, sarcastic personality. Come on because some people it's easy to love and some people come on, you know. You know, some of you are thinking of family members right now, don't. John 21, 15 through 19. And this is where I want to kind of pull this concept out. It says this, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, what do you, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know, I love you. He said, feed my lambs. Then he said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Yes, I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. Then he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter being grieved because he had said it the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. When I read this verse, a flood of emotions capture my heart because I've been the example of all three. I've been all three of these. The people that God has used in my life to help me fortify my foundation. Church, I want to tell you. The part that you play in the body of Christ is more than just attendance. The part that you play in the body of Christ is more than just attendance. I loved seeing pictures last night on Facebook as women got together and started baking cookies. And everybody came out. And, And if you didn't know about it, you weren't invited. Here's the deal. We're still working on things. We're still trying to get out words. We're trying to do better at that. I got a philosophy about that. I'm not going to run everything from the stage because if so, you're always looking to me. We're going to run everything through people and we're going to have coaches and we're going to have people that lead and grow and do because here's the deal. There's more than one monkey in this circus. (laughs) So we're working on how to develop leaders. We're doing that. But over 25 women coming together, eating cookies, hanging out. And I know people, well, I don't know if I want to go to church that just has a cookie party. We need to be about Bible studies and changing our spirit. We need to be about, you know, working out the flesh, not feeding it. (laughs) But here's here's what you miss in that type of thinking. Here's what you miss. You miss this. When you step out and move into connection, here's what happened. Stepping out of obscurity leads you into connection. Connection leads you into relationship. Relationship leads you into revelation. Revelation leads you into freedom. And freedom leads you into doing it for somebody else. That's what we're trying to do. That's the point of what, does it make sense? You know what I'm saying? Come to second service. You know what I'm saying? But listen, here's the thing. L- 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 listen, the reality is there is a process and nobody gets transformed in a 25-minute preaching window. You've got to hear it. You've got to run with people who are doing it. You've got to practice it. It's got to be st- applied and established in your life. You've got to grow it and then you got to teach someone else. Because there's some things I never learned until I started teaching. Is this right? Come on, we're just talking about real life. Have you ever? When you're invested, it changes the game. Come on, let's be honest. Have you ever watched a movie you thought it was great, but then you told somebody else about the movie and you were like, Oh, I don't know if I should have said that one. (laughs) Why? Because you got invested. Something happens when you get invested. It changes the game from what's their responsibility to what's mine. Here, Jesus is talking to Peter about getting back in the game. Just to give you a little update on this text, Jesus um, had, had been crucified. And Peter just said to the disciple, It was all over, it was done. Jesus died on the cross, it was over. And Peter said, I'm going back fishing. And all the disciples were like, "Huh? all right, we're going, we'll go. we'll go, we'll do it, let's go. I like fishing. And they all went fishing. And, and Jesus comes, and, and like he did before, hey, have you caught any sheep? And they find out it's Jesus, and Peter jumps in the, 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 the sea and starts to swim over to Jesus. And, and Jesus, Jesus and Peter begin to have this dialogue, and he, and he says, Jesus says to Peter, do you love me more than these? He wasn't talking about the fish. He was talking about the disciples. And the reason he said that is because he was was drawing attention to the fact that Peter had said, if everybody else fails you, I'm not. And Jesus had to come back and go, hey, remember? Do you still love me more than all these? See, there had to be a pride-breaking and a humility-making moment for Peter for him to really understand be called and unleashed into what God had called him to do come on I don't know about you but I find it interesting how Jesus begins this conversation with Peter he asked him a question and the question he asked he said do you love me do you love me what what kind of question is that of course Jesus knows right I mean that's a crazy, that's crazy, that's a crazy, crazy, I can't say crazy, crazy question. That's kind of crazy, crazy. <laughs> Why would Jesus ask that question? I mean, you're the son of God, you're all-knowing, you're, kind of, you're, kind of got, you're intellectually, yet the capacity's large. Why would you ask that? I don't understand that. Is it possible to be around Jesus and never step into the next dimension of loving people? Here's the next thing that I thought that I had about this: Is it possible that even the most committed need to be reminded of the vision? Yeah. Yeah. There is a vision that's happening. Why do we come up here and play worship? Why do we do? Why do you, none of this just happened? I mean, worship was phenomenal day. But here's the thing, none of that just happened. Someone had to wake up early. Someone had to get a keyboard. Someone had to do a sound check. Someone had to, the, 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 someone had to turn on the heat, which is kind of so cold. Someone had to do all these things. And, and the reality is none of it just happened. But sometimes we get lost in the doing and we forget the vision. And the vision is we love people. And so this is what I do to minister to somebody else because I'm performing and I'm playing. But right now I'm loving Jesus. By just dinking on a guitar. I just insulted all guitar players. <laughs> well, I don't know why I have to open the dumb door in front. Why people can't open the door? They've been opening the door since they were like eight. So dumb. Here, come to the church where you never have to open a door. That's the tagline. More people probably come. Why do we do that? See, we have to be reminded of why we're serving in children and why we're doing the things that we're doing and why we come early and why we got to be and why we all want to come and and fellowship together and why we all want to grow and why we want to find out when the cookie party is and find out when we want to do all this stuff because the reality is it's the way we love people. And you don't know at this moment who God's going to bring you and send you and give a heart to you for them in the next moment but here's the deal if you're not here you'll miss it that's just it that's the reality now don't don't get me wrong you know questions questions are they're difficult sometimes Jesus starts out with this question and here's the thing you know we just had Thanksgiving And we're moving into Christmas, which means family time, which also means merry question time. You know what I'm saying? Family. So uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I hated that question. (laughs) What major are you going to declare? Who are you dating? So when are y'all going to get married? When's that baby coming? So what are you going to do next in your career? So I, I, aren't you moving? Or when, when are you going to move? You know, it's like all these questions, and it's like, I just wanted to eat turkey, stuff in my face, have a good time, and leave, and now you're asking me questions. I really feel vulnerable right now. <laughs> questions can offer a couple of things. They can offend you, but they can also challenge you. And the power of a good question produces something. When questions are asked, it opens up a new world of thought which can move you toward growth. Growth. Here Jesus asked the question, Peter, do you love me? Of course Peter would say, I love you. I mean, Peter's like, Jesus, I'm your boy. No, I'm with you, bro. We're going to be forever, always and forever. Me and you. But Jesus asked the question. And here's the deal. He gives him three thoughts, and I want to walk through those three thoughts in the next couple minutes. Jesus says, if you love me, this is what you will do. Condition. Love has action. There, love is an action. And so, I mean, I, I, I'm older, so I, I, I'll go DC talk on you. I don't even play. Don't right. You know, listen. The reality is, if you're not careful, your love Our love can be passive. And so we feel it really well, but we do it really bad. Does that make sense? Jesus says, do this. Here's the first one. Feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. Let's talk about this a little bit. Feed my lambs. Lambs usually has an indication that they have not produced offspring yet. They're not in a production phase. They're still needing nourishment and nutrients and and care and they still as we look at this that's new believers that's young that's the more tender and i and and don't get i'm not trying to label anybody but that's kind of a, a weaker believer someone who the their foundation is still being fortified you understand when we had four babies they were weaker they were still valued as a person but they could not sustain on their own they needed katie and i to come does that make sense now trevor's 12 he he can microwave some cheese. He's not gonna die. If we're gone for a couple days, I mean he can be creative. It's gonna be a lot of cereal, but he's gonna live. <laughs> Does it make sense? And so what we do is we get so frustrated with the lambs that if we treat the lambs like the sheep, the lambs, lambs are a little weaker. And so we don't feed major revelation to someone who's just deciding every day if I want to be saved. I just... I don't even know if I really want to do it. I don't even know. Every day it's hard. Every day I'm trying to figure out. Every day. And so they're, they're, we have to have. That's why this last time in Life Group, we had a, a, a beginning new, a, a restart, a refocused class. Because w- there are some people that maybe they were in church when they were young. But they haven't really matured and they left. They, they, got, they got in the world and, and they, they know a lot about Jesus and God. But but nothing's been firmly planted in their life don't be frustrated at our lambs yeah. love them That's right. they're not going to be in the same place in a year they're going to be totally different listen for me i remember joining a church and my parents had just moved and and we had moved from low-income housing my mom got a job and moved to waco texas He's like 13 years old. Started going to this church. It was a great church. Loved the youth pastor. He says, if anybody wants to volunteer, y'all come on up and help, and we're going to figure out something for you to do. And I was like, I'm going to go play drums. I'm going to go play drums. I walked in. My stick's in my hand. I'm here to play drums. He said, yeah, great. Uh, I'm going to put you on sound. I, I, I play drums. I, I said, well, "Watch." He's like, "No, no, you you gonna run sound." I said, "I play drum. I play drums." He said, "I'm gonna have you run sound." I said, I, "I'm not here to run sound. I play drums." He said, "If you want to serve here, you run sound." Okay. I started running sound. Started serving. Started doing. All of a sudden. Because of my faithfulness and countless times of feedback and loud mics. <laughs> and him on the stage going, no. <laughs> I got to play drums. The point is this, is that sometimes when you're in the lamb stage, you don't even really know what you want, but you've got to trust that God's going to send people that you need to help open up all the other giftings of your life. Remember the, the, the beggar who was out by the gate when Peter and John went in to worship and he asked for an alm. The story always captivates me because it's like he asked for a trinket when inside both of them was a miracle. And if he'd have known the power of what was really in them, he would have never asked for a quarter. Sometimes we think we know what we need, when in reality, God has such a bigger plan for us. Yeah. Such a bigger plan. I'm here because so I, I was a lamb, and lamb has to—they have to be led, and they have to be nurtured, and they have to be watched over. And can I tell you this? Don't be frustrated, church, at our lambs. The second thing is, tend my sheep, tend my sheep. Tend my sheep is more like do something. Do something. If you were to look at the word tend, it means to look after, to, to, to care, to call, to be concerned. That's what a growing body should do. It is not, let me just tell you this, it is not the pastor's role. I'm, I'm going to say something that's going to challenge a lot of people. Don't leave. Okay? I don't go visit people in the hospital because I am the pastor. All right, well, this is not the church I want to be at. I visit them because I'm a Christian. And the problem is. People want to go to a church where the pastor will do. No, 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 no. This pastor is growing people to do the work of the ministry. And we all minister together. And we're all rolling the sleeves up together. And we're all doing and pursuing what God has called us to do together. Does that mean I won't go? I'll go. But does that mean that I am the only designated person? You want people to show up when you're in the hospital? Get in a life group. Meet some people, have some friends, and guess what? Have them like you. And then if they (laughs) like you, they'll show up and they'll hang out and they'll be there and they'll bring you a snack. (laughs) That's how it rolls. If you have a desire for that, sow in that. Sow in that. Do something. Tend my sheep. Listen, there's a coworker or an employee that is there, that what if God got you this position just so that you could minister? I met a guy the other day, and I'm telling you, I'm working on him, and he may come, but so don't freak out, but uh, there is a, a, a young man that I'm working on. He is my son's basketball coach, and I he's come to a couple outreaches that we've done. I'm praying for him. I'm working on him. I'm working on him. I'm working on him. I mean, he's going to come. Watch, and he told me, because he told me, I haven't been to church since I was 19 years old. And all of a sudden my antenna do, 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 do. <laughs> He was like I was I be, I was raised in church. I love church. Do, 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 do. I was like, "Me too." <laughs> and and he was like, "But I haven't been since I was 19." He said, "Really? My church is the deer camp." And I was like, "As the deer pants for the water, you better come on." <laughs> Listen. Look at And so what are people saying around you that makes you go, that's mine, that's, that's my job, that's my job, that's my job, that, 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 that's on me, okay, that, that's my responsibility. When we get too busy and we think that we're too hurt or we feel too hurt or we believe a lie that says that we're too messed up to do anything, that's when the enemy begins to steal territory and calling and influence from our life parents the greatest examples of evangelism and discipleship that you can give your kids is teach them how to serve the family operates on service dad serves mom mom serves dad parents serve kids and kids serve parents and if there is no serving capacity in the home then here's the deal unknowingly we're raising entitlement And it's going to be very hard for them to go out and learn service if they were developed in a place that never had to ha- you never had to serve at all. Come on, when you come home, and and the car is full of groceries, everybody needs to hop. Well, it's just easier. They just break the pickle jar. <laughs> they grab the eggs and they drop them. Y'all just, just get out of my way, okay? But you're a server and they're not. And they're leaving. And you only have this much time. Does this make sense? For us singles, those of you single and waiting, the greatest thing that you can do is begin to serve and serve and serve. Because here's the deal. Service unlocks favor. Can I tell you this? You ain't getting nobody saved with Netflix. Ain't trying to get mad, but don't get mad at me. But you talk, there are some, and you know, if you've chosen not to get married, that's fine. There is no pressure on you at all. You, you, you can serve God and be single. And so I never want to make this a heavy. But if you have a desire to be married, but your ministry is Netflix, and next unless Netflix starts doing house calls. Does it make sense? I'm just saying. Your greatest season. This could bring in fulfillment in your life. If you didn't grow up with mentorship and hospitality, then you're going to have to be more intentional. But you can do it. There's a call on all of our lives. I remember talking to someone not too long ago, and they said, you know, Stephen, one of the reasons I love coming to the house is because I feel like the people in it live that way Monday through Friday. You know what? That's what we're called to do. We tend the sheep and we care. You, we, there should be texts going out. Not just, I'm glad it's Sunday. I finally got to see you. What? Last one is feed my sheep. The second one was do something. The third is this. You have something. You already have. God, what can I use? Well, Moses used what was in his hand. God, what can I use? You already have it. It's already in you. You've just despised the small thing. And you're looking for something bigger and better. But what I'm telling you is, God can use your sense of humor. God can use the fact that you're an introvert. God can use the fact that you're an extrovert. God can use the fact that all I do is like to organize. Halla. All of that can be you. Well, the only thing I like is kids. I hate most adults. You have something. We feed. We feed what has been prepared in the oven of affliction. And what we've been victorious in, I don't care if you've been through divorce. I don't care that if, if you've had problems or trials What I am telling you is you may have a limp in life, but J- Jacob was able to live and minister and thrive and grow through the limp. God's got something for you to do, and it's big. Give what you have. Oh, church, if we could be givers. Peter was back in a boat because he was discouraged and he was hurt and he was embarrassed. He was unprepared for what was coming for him. He thought he was stronger than what he was. But Jesus comes to him and sees him and gives him an assignment. Petey, Pete, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, Feed my sheep. That's what we can do. Ephesians 4, 12 through 13 is this. For the quipping of the saints and for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the, to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. What that means is this. We are preparing until everybody knows. This ain't a sprint, baby. This ain't the warrior dash. This is continual. You guys stand up with me today. If you're listening to this week's podcast, we would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.